All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. You're listening to Dropping the Gloves with former NHL All-Star John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Welcome to Dropping the Gloves. I hope you had a good weekend. Excuse me, I'm just switching positions. Tim's couch is a little saggy, Tim. Yeah, it is. So I got to get a pillow under the old us in order to prop me up. But anyways, I hope you guys had a good weekend. I know I did. It was beautiful. Swimming in Lake Michigan. It was just a great weekend, Tim. Did you get out in the water, out on the bike, out on the trail? On Friday night, I did. On the boat. Really? And, um, yeah, it was fun. Uh, Who are you yeah. boating with? Uh, my buddy, Brennan. You got so many friends. I have one friend. Brennan, and he's yeah. got a boat. He's got a boat. What kind of boat? I don't know. A fast one. It's brand new. <sighs> they, had it, they had it delivered from Florida like just made like two weeks ago. So is it a bow rider or a cuddy cabin? Was it outboard, inboard? What, what are we looking at here? <laughs> I don't know what any of those words mean. A bow rider is where you can walk up front and sit yes. in the front. Yes, it is. Outboard is you can see the engine. An inboard is the engine's hidden, and they usually have a swim platform on the back. That's okay. It's a bow rider, and the second thing, the it's engine's a, below. Oh, no, it's can, an inboard. Oh, yeah. nice. Okay, so it's like a ski boat. I don't know. How are you? This you, you're from Boston. You guys have boats all over the place. Mm, yeah, no, no, you do. I've been there many times. There's <laughs> boats all along the wharf. The we harbor. weren't a boating family. None of my friends were boaters either. One of the best boats made is called the Boston Whaler. Whaler. It's like called the unsinkable boat. Is that right? Yeah, I'm serious. It's a beautiful boat. My friend just bought one, and he like told me how much it costs, and my eyes almost exploded. Like a hundred thousand dollars for like a 2015 model. They're beautiful boats, and you don't know anything about them. So you were on a boat. Good for you. Did you go swimming? Uh, yeah. How'd the leg hold up? It's really well. Yeah, water therapy is like really good. So, <laughs> actually, today I have my first appointment since I've put put weight on my leg. So now I'm gonna ride my bike over. No, you're not. Why? It's only like two miles. You're I've been riding for the last 10 days. Oh, all right. Good for you. Well, good. Congrats. Thank you, everybody, for listening to that story. Tim's on a boat. Very exciting. Yeah, people hate hearing about our lives. Don't like it. I don't like hearing about it. How was your weekend? It was great. I just said I went swimming. It was fun. Went I couldn't get beach. a response from you all weekend. You know what? I, I, I need to unplug sometimes. <laughs> I got to just unplug the dropping the gloves and just go. We, it was fun. Had a little um, event at the church. Afterwards, we went to the beach. Did some s'mores, did some swimming, did some, you know, sandcastles for three, four, five hours. It was fun. The bugs got a little aggressive. 
Bugs are aggressive. Yeah, they were bad flies. on the boat when we had the lights on at night. Yeah, they're black flies, and so they're just relentless, and they just bite. Even if you like, you casually swat them away like a mosquito will leave. Black flies, like, no, I'm sticking around. So I, I killed a good thirty black flies because they just land on your leg and they sit there and like swat dead. I got bitten by an ant yesterday in my shoulder. What is that? Actually, that actually kind of hurt. Why you have an ant on your shoulder? I was laying in in a hammock yesterday. The life of Tim Worsberg. I'm telling you what. Boats and hammocks, unbelievable. Must be nice. It is nice. Look at it. It is nice. Legs getting some sun. Moving on to the NHL. So we got through the expansion draft. We now know who the Seattle Kraken is. Everybody exhaled. But as the world turns, you know, night becomes day. And there has been a flurry of activity. A Mark Andre flurry of activity. I'm talking a Theo flurry of crazy moves. I'm talking a Hayden flurry of trades and signings and just movement of players. There was another flurry draft that I can't remember his name. It's escaping me. Kale? Is it Kale? No idea. Although there is Kale coming up in our garden. We've had some Kale salads of late. Delicious. Nice. We've been sauteing the kale. I'm sure, I shouldn't say we, my wife. She sautés it in a little lime juice, a little vinegar, a little garlic. It's so good. I'm just saying. Have you made kale chips yet? No, they're too hard to make. Nothing, not. They're you just so, toss them in the oven. That's they're it. so messy and they they're flake n- apart. We have made it. But You're we doing won't. it wrong then. You talk to my wife. You say that to her I face. Will. See what I'll, happens. I'll call her. And, okay. So the first big ball that dropped was for my former team, the Chicago Blackhawks. So this has been a topic of conversation all offseason, ever since Seth Jones said, I ain't going back to Columbus. I'm not going back. I've got one more year left. That's enough. And so the GM was like, okay, well, we're going to facilitate a trade. We're going to you know, get something back for you. We're not going to get caught with our pants down like we do with Panarin and Bobrovsky. We're going to get something back for you. Everybody and their brother was linked to this guy. The Leafs were hot and heavy on him. Edmonton, you know, everybody dipped their toe in the Columbus Seth Jones pie. His, I just make up these sayings. It's so funny. I just, just I don't know even know what that means. So he ended up going to Chicago. Tim, what are the specifics of this deal? Just so we all know what this trade was all about. So the Blackhawks traded two first-round picks, a second-rounder, which they flipped kind of immediately for Jake Bean, who's a young defenseman from Carolina. And Adam Boquist, who was their first-round pick, I want to say in 2019, uh, 18 or 19, he's a 20-year-old defenseman, to the Blue Jackets for Seth Jones, the 32nd overall pick in 2021, which just happened, and a sixth-rounder. It's an incredible trade. Massive. It is a mortgaging of the future for Chicago for a player who is top 10 defenseman in the NHL right now, you think? It, It... it's a huge trade. Like anytime you give up two first round picks, you're you're saying we want to win now. Like we're going for it right now. Like this is our time to win. We're getting the number one defenseman free agent on the market and we're going for it. What do you think of this? I know I ask you this a lot and I'm, I'm going to bite my tongue maybe a little bit. What are your thoughts on this trade? Um, it was a lot to give up. And then even more surprising was how much they signed him for immediately. It was one of those signing, trading signs. And they signed him to eight years, $9.5 million average annual value, which comes out to like 76 or something. Um, that's a lot to give up. And this is the kind of thing that probably 
the GM Bowman is, is putting his job and career on the line with this move because it doesn't work. And you traded away your first round, two first round picks, and you're like your young stud defenseman who played with Duncan Keith a lot of last year. He's 20 years old. He's already played those hard minutes. Ah, you're, you're really putting all your eggs in one basket. And like you said, like this is a, this is a we're going for it, we're all in type of trade that Chicago, Jean, are they, are they one good defenseman away from being cup contenders? Apparently, according to Stan Bowman, they're very close. They need Seth Jones, and then they're right there. It does okay. Let's just break down this trade because it, I, I saw the specifics. I'm happy for Chicago getting Seth Jones, and and the writing was on the wall when they traded for Caleb Jones. Like that was okay. We're gonna get some family ties in here. Seth Jones maybe tip the scale a little bit further our way. We're gonna get him. His brothers there. Where it's gonna be great. Family family reunion. It's gonna be awesome. Popeye Jones is gonna show up. I think he played for the Raptors for cup of coffee you know who Popeye Jones is no uh used to be an NBA player he's Seth Jones's dad all right a little known fact probably a very well-known fact but Tim who doesn't know anything about boats and Popeye Jones all right so we're going Seth Jones for Adam Boquist Adam Boquist very young exciting defenseman maybe he hasn't developed as quickly as Chicago would have liked young kid like you said already logged 20 minutes plus per game 20 years old He's got so much ahead of him. He's got so much potential. You've already invested a first round into this kid, and you give up on him already. So if you're just doing a trade for Seth Jones and Adam Boakfast, you know, maybe Chicago wins this trade. You know, maybe. You throw in a first rounder. Okay, we're evening the trade out a little bit. I I, I can see how this is a fair trade. You have a very high-level prospect in Adam Boakfast and a first rounder, and you're getting a known commodity in Seth Jones. That's a good trade. That That's a win for both teams done sign the paper let's go oh no Chicago's giving up another first round draft pick like that to me that second first rounder is insane what if you tank this year and you don't have a great year and this ends up being a top 10 pick it it, it boggles my mind that they throw that second first rounder in there oh and by the way we're gonna give you a second rounder that's another big ticket because you weren't that great this year and so that was a high-level second rounder, and they flipped it for Jake Bean, who is a very good defenseman. So you're losing Seth Jones, you're getting Jake Bean. It's not that much of a drop-off from Seth Jones to Jake Bean, and you're getting two first-rounders. It is insane, and you're getting Adam Boakfast. So you're getting Boakfast, Jake Bean, two first-rounders for Seth Jones. This Columbus GM worked the Chicago Blackhawks right now. This is Stan Bowman's Worst trade to date, in my mind. And then, to top it off, yes, you get this guy, you give up a lot, you want to sign him to a deal. You just got out from under Duncan Keith. You just got out from under Brent Seabrook. You have some little bit of wiggle room. You're going to build your team for the future. You have all these young guys. You're going to have to pay them eventually. What are we going to do? We're going to like, okay, we're going to build this team the right way. You dump almost $10 million per year on Seth Jones, who has massive question marks surrounding his game. I just like I'm I'm flabbergasted. I want to cheer for Chicago. I want to be a Chicago guy. I love Chicago. Every time someone asks me, where was your favorite city to play? Chicago. Rolls off my tongue. Love going to the convention, but I'm not going to sit here and just fake it because I want to go back to Chicago. It's a terrible trade for Chicago. Seth Jones is the best player in the deal, but you're giving up Boakfast. You're giving up two first rounders. You're giving up a second rounder. If I'm Chicago, I would have been better off taking that second rounder, trading, trading it for Jake Bean, give Adam Boakfast a couple more years, use that $10 million elsewhere. There's so many players out there. It, it's, it's a terrible trade for Stan Bowman. 
Yes, Seth Jones is the best player in this deal, but my goodness. Is he a Victor Hedman? We talked about this before the show. They no, make It's not, the same same term, same deal. Not even close. He actually signed for more than uh, Kale McCarr signed on the same day. It's unbelievable. It, it, it honestly, this is a fireable offense. Stan Bowman, if they don't, if this, he will get fired for this. This will cost him his job. And I'll see him at the convention next year if I'm invited. And he'll, he'll be like, I heard your podcast. What are you talking about? He's not listening to this. I know. But it's it's a bad trade for Chicago. It's not a hard. What if he's right? What Who's right? What if Bowman's right? What if Jones is the guy that they want him to be? And they have a, I mean, in a couple of years, couldn't this contract look good if the salary cap goes back up? No, it'll never look good. No, there's no. Well, if he goes out there and scores 30 and puts up, you know, 50, <laughs> 60 points, then it looks good. When you put $10 million into a guy on your defense, you want him to run the power play. You want him to be on your first line penalty kill. You want him to play 25, 30 minutes. Can Seth Jones do that? Can he be your number one power play guy, your number one PK guy, and your number one shutdown defenseman? That's what number one defensemen do. Is Seth Jones that guy? Can you put him up there with the Roman Yossis, the Victor Hedmans, the John Carlsons, those sort of defensemen? He's probably just below them. Just below it. But he wasn't even the, the first power play guy on his last team because that know, was Wierenski. I know. That's what I'm saying. Is 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 he that guy for Chicago? Is he going to well, put up 20 goals? In Chicago, he is, though. Who's, who's going to run that power play if not him? It's going to be a disaster. It's going to... It's not... It, I don't like it. I don't like it, and I'm, maybe I'm so passionate because I want Chicago to do well. But, like, there are some silver linings. You mentioned it before we came on the air. They didn't give up some of their big young tickets, the Docks, the Brinkets, Kubeliks, Lankinen, Lankinen, excuse me. Like, they, they were able to retain those guys, but, gosh, Bokefist is good. I would put him in that category of those guys who are my core I'm going to grow this team with. And now he's gone, and you got Seth Jones. I don't know how old Seth Jones is. He, he, he he's older than he's like 26 27 yeah so how is this deal going to age i'm sure it'll be great the fans will love him you know whatever him and his brother can play on the same pairing it's just i just i'm like what are we doing here she, i don't maybe you know you got to do something as badly as everyone like said that that bowman fleeced uh ken holland on yeah. a on the Keith deal, he got fleeced just as badly. He's Not like, even a week later. Oh, you think Ken Holland got fleeced? Hold my beer. Watch this trade. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to just get wrecked on this trade. <laughs> and that's what happened. They got two first rounders and a number one defenseman, arguably in Boakfast, and they go and trade for Jake Bean, who's a good three, four, five defenseman. Like, they're going to slide Boakfast right into Seth Jones's minutes. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they save themselves $10 million. Bokefist is on a reasonable contract. He's still going to be an RFA. And you pick up two first round. It just makes so much sense for Columbus and no sense for Chicago. In this day and age, it's all about salary cap retention, controlling players while they're controllable in their RFA years, and you just throw that out the window. And you just get a guy and sign him for eight years for $9.5 million. It, 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 goes, it just goes against every... Everything that GMs try to do these days, and every time there's a good trade, every time there's a good transaction, you see Steve Steve Eiserman do it. You're like, gosh, that was a really smart trade. They're not mortgaging their future. They didn't give up too much. You know, they signed them for a lot of money, but it was a short term. It's just, it doesn't make too much sense. And especially with a guy like Bokefest, who has such a bright future ahead of him. He's 20 years old. He's a first rounder. I don't know, Tim. I I, I, I could be wrong. I don't think I am, but we'll see. It, only the only way to find out is to play the game. 
Imagine though you're Boquist, you're 20, or 18 years old, you're drafted by Chicago, eighth overall, and you go eighth right overall, in, eighth overall, right into a city where again you're 18, you're from Sweden, you don't know anyone, in one of the best cities in the world with Kane and, and Taze, and you're learning and playing with Duncan Keith, and all of a sudden you're shipped to Columbus. Columbus, I, Ohio. Yeah, this, I, has he ever heard of that until he moved here? Listen, I'm telling you what, don't sleep on Columbus. I like Columbus. That's a fun town. I like Columbus. I've, I spent like a week there, but Chicago, come on. I tell you what, the rent he's paying in Chicago, he's gonna have a nice spot in Columbus. Yeah, he's probably paying five, six thousand dollars a month for something nice. You spend that in Columbus, you got you bought yourself a nice house, my friend, like like a primo house and primo location. So. Good for him. I don't know. It's a very risky situation. I think Stan Bowman is going to wake up tomorrow and be like, what did I do? You know, maybe I was reaching. Who knows? All right, Tim, what else do we got on the docket? I know there's a lot of trades. We spent a lot of time on this one. The Phil- My former GM, Chuck Fletcher, had himself a week. I would say he had himself a couple days where he just went like, he went crazy, which is great because the Philadelphia Flyers are perennial what could have been. Underachievers. They're perennial, like we're gonna this is our year. We we got some good players, you know, we've learned from our past mistakes, and then it's just the same old thing where they go and they flame out, and then it's just like, gosh, those guys, they they're so talented. What happened? Chuck Fletcher's had enough. He has shuffled the deck, he's got rid of some of the usual suspects, he's brought in some new fresh faces. Just tell us all of Philadelphia's deals, and then we'll try to just wrap our head around if it was a good deal, if they're a better team. How are we going to look at this team moving forward? Yeah, and he said exactly that, too. He's like, we can't just keep going back to the watering hole with the same group of guys and expecting a different result. So that was like all the, res- all the respect in the world to those guys, but we just needed some fresh faces in here. Um, and I kind of grouped these all together because I think the, it's a really interesting story. So let's start with the first one. Voracek, they traded straight up to Columbus for Atkinson. I always think one-on-one deals are like the most fascinating to me. They're super fun. Because it's like, okay, how different GMs value their players and when you ask starting adding picks and prospects and all this and that, it's hard to like really look at the, the value of each side. One for one is really cool. They're you about can the grade same this age. trade right now. Yeah. And it, well, I, I, I think it's a win-win. I think I Value-wise. I agree. Um, I think probably Columbus is getting a better points player in Voracek. Flyers get a little bit of relief in the salary cap. Atkinson makes less. Yep. So, again, if you're playing this salary cap game, how, how much better is Voracek than Atkinson? A little. A little. I think Philadelphia wins this trade marge, like just by a, a, a teeny tiny little bit. But it's a very good trade. Again, this will be decided who's going to show up. Is Voracek going to be the same player? Atkinson's a tenacious player. He's like a pit bull. He's dog on a bone. Like he, he gets after it. He's a good little player. Nathan Gerby said that. They were best buds in Columbus when they played there. So he's a good little player. Anyways, sorry. Go ahead. So that's a great trade. Great trade for both teams. I like that. The next one, they gave up a first rounder for Rasmus Ristolainen from Buffalo. Like this trade for Philly. Big, I really do. Big right-handed heavy shot defenseman. This he plays been, a mean game. This has been a trade that sh- that's been in the works for years. It seems like Risto, we talked to him a couple years ago. He's just always in the trade market. I'm going to try to get him on the show this week to talk about how he feels about this. we got to work on his facial hair, too. It's just a tough look. <laughs> it's, yeah. like, not good. But I like this trade for Philly. You know, they're, they're going out. They're getting a big, rugged defenseman. They weren't that hard to play against. I remember there was a clip last year when it showed – 
they had the opposing team in their house, which is right in front of their net. No one was touching them. It was just like four flyers sitting around them, and the guy just picked up a loose change and scored a goal. And that's when Gosses Bear said, like, we're super soft. Like, we're very easy to play against. And Risto, is, he's a moose in there. Like, he's going to cross-check you. He's going to move you out. He's going to throw the big hits. He's a very hard player to play against. He's a big old fin. I like this trade. And then Buffalo, again, good for Buffalo. Risto didn't want to be there. He's been the writing's been on the wall for years. They get a first rounder. They're hoping Philly tanks this year. They can get a high first rounder. But if Philly plays well, you know, it's gonna be a 20 20 ish overall pick, which is good for Buffalo. They're obviously rebuilding. They're just selling everybody. Like wait till Eichel gets traded this week. Every everyone's gone. So they're obviously in a rebuild mode. Good for them. They got a first rounder and Risto, he's an impactful defenseman going to a team that's defense was just not very remarkable, not very rem- not very memorable this past season and cost them a few games. So I think this is another one for Philadelphia. So that's two two in a row for Chuck Fletcher. Very what else did he do? And a great win for Buffalo too, getting rid of that contract, getting a first. Agreed. Um okay, last week it kind of just I think right after the end of the last week they traded for Ryan Ellis for a package that included former second overall pick Nolan Patrick. I like this move for them a lot too. Ellis is a good defenseman. He's a, wasn't there any draft picks involved in this? I'm sure there was, yeah, but not many, not anything of to no know. First, yeah, but I. He's do, 30 years old. He logs the heavy minutes. He's a good player, two way defenseman. I like his game a lot. I I I hate giving up on high end talent. I yeah. really do. He's a big body, Nolan Patrick. I do think he still has some. He has a lot of juice left in his game. For whatever reason, it hasn't translated yet to the NHL. But gosh, when he shows flashes, he's really, really good. He's a big dude. He's like 6'2", 6'3". He plays, he does play a somewhat of a physical game. Like he gets in your face. But again, much like a Jonathan Drouin, much like these younger players, they disappear for like large stretches of the game. And you can't have that. When you're a high draft pick, you want to, and this is a, it's a smart move by Chuck Fletcher. This guy's going to be an RFA soon. He's going to want big money. What do you do? Do you invest in him not knowing what to expect? He hasn't really shown that much. And you go out and get Ryan Ellis, who's probably one of the most underrated defensemen in the NHL right now. He's got the big old beard. He does everything you want from a defenseman. He blocks shots. He plays physical, even though he's a smaller defenseman. He can get the puck. He got a good first pass. Much like David Backus said when we were talking to him last week, you need a defenseman who's got a good good first pass. This guy's got a good first pass. So he's played with Ryan Suter for a long time. He's played with Roman Yossi for a long time. He knows how to play with good defensemen. He is a very smart guy. You can put him with a guy who just flies up and down the ice, and he's just like the safety blanket. I like this trade for Philly as well. I don't love it like the other trades, but again, their defense was their weakness. They go out and they get Reese and They go out and they get Ryan Ellis. They don't pay a lot for them. This is Chuck Fletcher is doing this the right way. He's not going out making the big splash, sexy trade, going to get you know Jones or trying to get Taylor Hall or trying to get Landeskog. You're getting good players: Cam Atkinson, Risto Ristolainen, and Ryan Ellis. Very, very good players at a very reasonable price. You know what I mean? You don't have to pay a ton of first rounders. You don't have to give up prospects, and you get three really high end NHL players. And you give up Nolan Patrick, who could be a bust. You give up a first rounder, which could be a late round first rounder, and you give up Forcheck, who's a bad contract, who you're trying to give up anyways, who you were thinking about exposing in the expansion draft, who you're thinking about buying out, and you get a Cam Atkinson, who's a really good player. I like this. I like all these moves for Philadelphia. I really, really do. Chuck Fletcher, I'm giving him an A plus. He did make some comments about wanting to be tougher and harder, and you think he did that. You get Risto, he's a little bit harder. Vorchek was a pill to play against. Atkinson's a little bit of a sandpaper in his game. Ryan Ellis, you know, he's he's tough to play against. So I, I think. He, he did a great job. A-plus for Chuck Fletcher. 
That, that's that's what I think. They also traded away Shane Goss to, to the Coyotes in a salary dump move. I think it included a couple like late round picks and off you went. And they got nothing back. I love nothing. those trades. Yeah. yeah, they're really funny to see on the the trade tracker. It's like, wait a minute, didn't he get anything? He's not hard to play against. So. No. Well, his name says it all. Ghost. Ghost boy. But he's a, he's a st- I bet you he goes to Arizona. No pressure at all playing yep. Arizona. It's so. If if you're a guy who loves no pressure, no fans at all, nobody's screaming at your na- like screaming at you if you throw a bad pass. You can just it's no it's like shoot the puck. He's playing in the dome all the time. It, it, it really is a very relaxed environment to play in. So good for him. He's gonna go. I bet you he puts up forty five fifty points this year, and he signs a decent deal with another team, and it's just a bad contract. So. Philly will be a very interesting team to watch this year. They still have their core. Like, they got JVR, they got Couturier, they got Giroux, they got those guys, Hayes. So they still have, you know, some really solid players. They bring these guys in. I hope they win. I really do. I I, I root for Philadelphia every single year. I don't know why. I just like Claude Giroux. Are they a playoff team now? That division's so tough. Well, it's it's not the same divisions though. They're still in a tough division, they're regardless. Still, they're still in Washington, Pittsburgh. Yeah, like that's a tough Rangers. Div- Rangers, it's it's a tough division. Boston, like they're they're a bubble team. They're a seven eight team right now. Is Carter Hart going to show up this year? That's the question. Yeah, they're rumored looking at another goalie too. Holpe's name has been kind of thrown around there. You can't. Uh, Holpe needs to just prove it. He had a terrible, horrendous year. Yeah. Picked him up in my fantasy team, held on to him as long as I could, and I had to get rid of him. I had to move on. Picked up Vitacek or Vanacek that just got picked up by Seattle. What a what a pickup that was. Before we move on from the Flyers, did you see Drew's tweet? He's this guy. I got such a man crush on him. I honestly do. For the amount of It's one of those abusive relationships where he's just abused me for years. I'm like, he still likes me, though. He does it because he loves me. He really does. I promise you he does. He calls me at night and tells me he loves me. But yeah, so one of the uh, Philly beat reporters or whoever it is, Sam Carcidi, he goes, G's going to remain the captain, said Chuck Fletcher. And Giroux goes, good scoop, Sam. Keep, keep Good scoop. Keep it going. It's like, obviously, he's going to be the captain. Was there any question that Giroux was going to be stripped of the sea? Is there anybody coming in who's just screaming leadership? We got to give it to uh, Ryan Ellis, the guy who was a cat. No, he wasn't a cat. Risto, he's such a leader. Atkinson, no. These guys are, you know, there's one chief, Indians. These guys are Indians. Giroux's the chief. He's the cat. It's just funny. It's just, you know, I like, I just, I really like him. I really do. I don't think there's many guys out there who I like as much as I like Claude Giroux. I don't know. That's just me. All right, next big trade. This is one of the bigger ones of the weekend. <coughs> but it got mass. No one really you know, picked up on it. So Connor Garland and Oliver ekman Larson were both traded from Arizona to Vancouver in a massive deal. So here's how, the, here's how it breaks down. Vancouver acquired both of those guys for Jay Beagle, Louis Erickson, Antoine Roussel, and a first-round pick, and then a second-round pick, and then a seventh-round pick. Massive haul for two... Um, I mean, Garland's an RFA. Oliver ekman Larson got a pretty big contract. So the big question here is, can OEL regain his former self? Can he be in a fresh start? Can he be a big player again? Be that he's probably not a 56-point defenseman again, but he's probably a 40-plus that can run the power play, I would think. And then with can he help out Quinn Hughes' game, right? Because yep. Hughes put up some points, but he was like minus 40 last year. <laughs> he got the green jacket. Yeah. It... it- it's a bold move for Vancouver, just investing this much money 
on their back end. Because Tyler Myers doesn't make like he makes a lot of money. Like he he's on a big contract. Oh well, I think he makes what eight or nine million dollars, something like that. So and there was no money kept or no money you know transition. It was just a straight up. Trade. Uh, they they retained a million and a half of OEL. Oh, they did. Okay, yep. so that's that's a little bit. They get Louis Erickson who had a big contract. Jay Beagle's still in the league. That that was the name of like Jay Beagle. Gosh, that guy he flies up and down the ice. He's a good player. Anton Roussel, everybody hates him. So the wild card is OEL, like you said. He is. The guy, if he can revert back to his 2016-17 OEL when he was an all-star, you know, all-pro defenseman, this is a big win for Vancouver. But if he stays, you know, the par for the course, this is how he's been playing the last two or three years. This is a bad trade for Vancouver. You're picking up another bad contract with a lot of term on it. And it's just, again, are they a player away from, you know, being a dangerous team? Potentially. They got some good forwards. Garland, I think, is the nugget in this trade that made it work. He is a very good player. I don't think he gets the recognition that he deserves. For some whatever reason, Arizona and Connor Garland had issues. And I don't know why. I didn't dig too deep into it. But he is a very good player. And I don't know why the Coyotes would not want to trade or assign him up. Because he was their best forward this year. I I, I don't understand what went wrong. He put up big points. He, for whatever reason... What, what what kind of points did he put up, Tim, the last few years? So um, he's been in the league three years. He put up 18, 13 goals his rookie year. In 19 and 20, he had 39 points in 68 games. In 2021, he had 39 points in 49 games. On an Arizona team that didn't really score that many goals. Yep. They, they he's already been a 22-goal scorer. He's a, and he's still early in his – why would you give this guy up? What, what I don't know. What, what did Connor Garland say about this trade? Yeah, and it had to do with, with – um, they just couldn't get there on the on the term and and the in the amount. So hey, hey, let me just cut you off before you go to this quote. How frustrating is it for a young player who's really 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 good when you see your team taking on all these terrible players who have big contracts just to get draft picks, and you're sitting here like, well, I want to get paid. Like I am your known commodity. I'm a good player. I've produced for you guys. You draft me. Pay me what I'm deserved. And then you go out and you bring in all these terrible contracts to help other teams out. And it's like, hello, McFly, like, can I get a little bit of that cake? And they don't do it. It's just a very, I don't know, I'd be pissed if I was Connor Garland. And from from his quote that you're going to say, apparently there was just no communication all between the teams. Yeah, so here's what he said uh, right after the trade. Everyone knows what's going on here. We haven't heard anything from the team since maybe three days after the season ended when they asked for our offer. It's been a while waiting for that. You just want to go somewhere where you're wanted. So this glaring part of that is the first sentence. Everybody knows what's going on here. What's going on there, Tim? It's a wasteland. It's, it's a waste of a team. It's almost like other teams just where you send your bad contracts to die. Yes. How is this an NHL team? Honestly, what is the purpose of the Arizona Coyotes? What is the purpose? If you're the GM, if you're the president, if you're the owner of this team, are you in it to win or are you in it to make money? Like, there's two different types of owners. There's the guys who want to win the Stanley Cup and there's the guys who just are in it because it's a business and they want to make a profit. This guy's in it to make money. He specifically told his GM, we're not going to sign this guy. We want to go out. We want to get guys who are retired. We want to go out and get guys who are hurt. We want to get all these contracts to get over the cap because we want to make a profit. That's what we're in it for. It's disgusting. It defeats the purpose of being in the NHL. Kick him out of the league. If, if you don't show any signs of improving, what are you here for? 
What are you doing? We've already seen it this this offseason. They're taking on all these bad contracts. They got the gosses spared. They're giving up nothing. They got somebody else. They're giving up nothing. These teams are calling you because they know you're going to take on their bad caps and you don't have to give them anything. That should be a red flag, but it's not. This is a terrible hockey team. I played there. I enjoy the city. I hate what's happening in Arizona right now. If I'm an Arizona fan, I'm not buying a ticket to the game. You're, you're, you just lost your two best players. You lost your best defenseman. Well, uh, Chitrin is a good defenseman. He's, he's really good. But you, you're, you're captain, OEL, and your best forward in Connor Garland. You just got rid of him. For Louis Erickson, who's, I don't want to say washed up, but he's got concussion his, history. <laughs> it's a touchy subject. Jay Beagle, who's a veteran player, and Anton Roussel, who's a big dirtbag rat. Yeah, are you making your team better? You know you're making it drastically worse. Oh, we're, we're getting some salary cap relief. We're gonna make you're not gonna make a move. You're gonna you're not even gonna make the lower end of the cap because all your money is gonna be buttressed up by injuries and all those. So you're not paying out the bottom end of the cap. You're, it's it's a sham of a hockey team. I don't like it. I don't. It bothers me. I want them to compete. I want them to be a good legit professional team and they're not they are a wasteland for bad contracts that should be the team the arizona wastelands where bad contracts go to rot and die i think i would buy a t-shirt the arizona wastelands someone make that shirt and you could put my face on it we should make it the arizona wastelands send me your bad contracts and i'll throw them in the back with all the other ones yeah this really bothers you huh well it's stupid and I don't use that word a lot. My kids get after me, but I don't like it. It's like, be, be a good GM. And I'm sure the GM's like, I, I'm trying. It's the ownership who's telling them this. <sighs> Just try to win. Like, you're not trying to win. You're not trying to win at all. You tell me Louis Erickson is better than Connor Garland? No, he's not even playing. Barely. Not even playing. You telling me Jay Beagle's going to come in and be better than Connor Garland or Antoine Roussel? Is he even playing? Who cares? I, <laughs> I don't care. Arizona, I hope you lose every game. I hope you lose every game. And no one goes to the games, and you lose $100 million. That's what I hope. I hate to see you so worked up. You know what you should do? What? Order some food. Uh, but I don't want to go. I don't want to go out. I'm too worked up. John, what? there's a solution for that. Tell me more. Tim. DoorDash. Oh, I've heard of DoorDash. Listen, everybody. DoorDash is our new primo sponsor. We're jacked up for it. We don't just pick these sponsors willy-nilly taken. We, we vet every sponsor. We both use DoorDash. It's a fantastic company. They do it the right way. They do everything the right way. So if you're hungry, you don't want to leave the house, go to DoorDash, pick a restaurant, tink, 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 use promo code GLOVESDD. You're going to get 25% off your first order. You're going to get all kinds of great stuff, free delivery. You're basically getting your first meal for free. Trust me, you're going to love it. Go to DoorDash. You can go online or I don't know if you've heard, smartphones have apps. Push the app, DoorDash, Boom, use promo code GLOVESDD, and you're going to thank me. Get some food in your belly. Get some sustenance, just so we don't have to think about the Arizona Coyotes. And I, you can probably order booze on DoorDash. I don't know. Get a case of beer. I, I would imagine. Know. Yeah. Anyways, DoorDash, everybody. Check them out. Very excited that they joined the uh, the podcast. So another crazy trade, and this is one that was a little strange to me. I don't, I'm going to butcher the name. Nedotskovich. Nailed it. Okay, um, from Carolina. It, if you remember him, if you're not a Carolina fan, he became their goalie, took over the starting job when Mrazek got hurt last year. He was a Calder finalist, meaning one of the top three rookies in the game. That's what it means. Uh, awesome in the playoffs. They traded, and he's an RFA. They traded him away to Detroit for a third rounder and a UFA uh, Bernier, the goalie, Jonathan Bernier. 
strange, strange, strange move. And and I was reading a little bit about their their contract negotiations, and apparently Nedeljkovic wanted like five plus, and and they wouldn't they wouldn't go above three, and just that two million dollar difference was enough for them to say, you know what? Um, and and to me, the, I think this move probably shows that they don't think he's a legit number one yet. But what does he sign in Detroit for? Well, we don't know yet. I thought he signed two years, three million dollars. Did he? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so that debunks that theory of them not wanting to sign. Yeah, something smells funny in Denmark. Eiserman is a genius. He honestly is. Well, what? What did? So the reporters ask Eiserman a question like, yeah. "How did you do this?" What did he say? Eiserman said, "You'll have to ask them why they were comfortable doing that trade." So even the reporters are like, wh- "Why did Carolina do this?" Why? Because everyone knows a third rounder, you're going to get someone who's really, you know, he's going to make a difference on your team. Every year, there's always one third rounder who is a Calder Trophy finalist. Said no one ever. And Bernier, he had a good year last year. He really did. He's a good veteran goaltender. But if you're the Carolina Hurricanes, what are we doing here? You got a stud, stud young goalie who, like, played his ASS off for you, and he, you just trade him away for essentially nothing. Because you can't come to terms on a contract. He's an RFA. Take him to arbitration. Like, get him signed. Or at least, like, goaltenders, you would think, a young goaltender you can get, that's an RFA, so you have some term, you have some leverage if you're a team. He would be a little more valuable than a third rounder. I don't understand. This makes me shake my head. If I'm an Oilers fan, I'm a little upset right now. A what fan? An Oilers fan. Why? Because you see Steve Eiserman go and fleece the Carolina, uh, excuse me, the Carolina Hurricanes. You just signed Mike Smith to a two-year deal. This guy could be your goaltender of the future, and he's really good. Why is Ken Holland not calling Carolina about this goaltender? I don't understand the thought process there. I don't know. Like, there are a lot of teams that need a goaltender. It was like especially the Edmonton Oilers. I don't understand if – there's a lot of things that just I, I question – I don't know how the GM system works. Like, is Carolina's GM calling every other team? I don't know. Is every other team? Did, did Stevie Y just see the writing on the wall and call Carolina and be like, hey, I can help you out. You, I know you're not going to sign this goaltender. If you go to arbitration, you're going to have to sign him. I'll give you a Bernier, who's a decent, you know, solid goaltender. You can get a couple of years out of him. I don't know. But, man, Stevie Y, he's made a couple of good trades in the last few days or weeks. Getting Nick Letty. Getting this goaltender, like, I don't know. Detroit's- they brought back Mark Stahl yesterday, too. One-year deal. That's all right. I don't <laughs> I don't love it. Don't hate it. But this is a good trade for Detroit. If I'm a Red Wings fan, you can see the light at the end of the tunnel. You honestly can. Stevie Eiserman, for whatever reason, has some kind of magic mojo. I think all the GMs are just fans of him. You know what I mean? Stevie Y, oh, Mr. Detroit Red Wings, Mr. Olympics. He, every, he just is a gorgeous man. Like, he still keeps in shape. There's something to be said about being attractive. Like, people just want to do good things for you. I don't know. You must know it, Tim. People, <laughs> you just, you know, people just want to help you out. But good trade. Detroit wins this hands down. A-plus for Detroit. D-minus for Carolina. You're getting nothing for a young goaltender who could potentially be a good, good guy. Good goaltender in this league. Another confusing one was the the Rangers traded Paul Butchnevich to St. Louis for Sammy Blaze in a second round pick. It was a strange one. Yeah, Butchnevich is a good young player. He's a great goal scorer. Um, he's a twenty, pretty much consistently twenty goal scorer. He can kill penalties, um, and he was UFA or RFA coming up. So I don't know what again. It's one of those weird situations like the other ones where they just couldn't get the the RFA signed, 
and they shipped him off to St. Louis for no, for nothing. Sammy Blaze in a second rounder. That's for nothing in reality. If you're the Rangers and you're arguably going to get Jack Eichel, why would you not want to keep another young, really good forward to pair with them? I, I, why? Well, maybe they would just they weren't going to sign him because of Eichel. I don't know. I here's my it's a numbers take. game. I would be more likely to trade Capocaco than Buchnevich because this guy is obviously he, he knows how to play the game. Like he he's putting up a point per game last season, and he's and he's he just does everything. I don't know why you would go about doing. I don't know. Maybe they're valoring Lafreniere and Capocaco and these guys and this. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. It, it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, and one of the the Rangers beat reporters was was throwing out some names, saying that they were the players are pretty upset about this deal. He must be a popular guy in the room. They know how good he is, and shipping him away, like you said, pretty much for nothing. It's uh, it makes your head shake. Well, you you know, like there's a lot of come on, there's a lot of things in hockey you can analyze. Okay, he gets points, he gets assists, his plus minus, his puck possession, this and that. There's a lot of things that you can't really track, and it's just being on the ice. Killing penalties is one of them. If you've got a guy who's really good on the PK, good a guy who's really good like uh, back pressure, stuff like that, which Navish works his tail off, and players know that, they respect that. He's probably a great guy in the room, like you said. It's just too bad. Panarin probably loved him, I would imagine. Like, the Ruskies stick together. So, I don't know. It's a weird move for the Rangers who are going to acquire Jack Eichel in a win-now move. It just doesn't really make sense to me unless Sammy Blaze comes in and somehow changes his game, which I don't think he's going to. I don't Another big Buffalo Sabres trade, uh, Tim, Sam Reinhart got traded to the Florida Panthers for another first-rounder. Not a bad trade for Buffalo. Well, I don't know. Maybe it wasn't a great trade for Buffalo. What did you think of this? Um. Yeah, I mean, the writing was on the wall. They, they're clearly just shipping everyone out. Yeah, the coach is tough, huh? It's, it's so, I'm sinking. Yeah, but it, 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 it's a little more sunken after you leave. I'm just so heavy. Yeah. Um. So, Reinhardt, 25 years old. He was Buffalo's leading goal scorer last year with 40 points in 54 games. Spent all seven years of his NHL career with the Sabres. He drafted him second overall in 2014. Um, good player. And, and he was one of those guys that was... Almost reminds me of like a Ryan Nugent Hopkins, like like a good good player that probably is a little bit underrated. Great with the points, um, I think it'd be a great fit in Florida because you know a lot of people on Twitter and social media talking about how he's one of the more underrated Sabres players in a long time, um, and obviously this means Eichel's is gone too. But it's another RFA deal that just like Buchnevich, like Garland, like that Nedeljkovic, those RFAs, young good players just can't get it done with their team and they're being shipped off for. New franchises, which is really interesting. Yeah, it is strange. You would you, you would think teams want to retain their draft picks they have on, under control. They don't have to give them the big bucks just yet. But, you know, it, it's tough when when you're a GM and you're, you're trying to make your team. You've had this guy for seven years, and he has been underrated. He has produced, but he was a top three overall pick. Like, he was supposed to be a superstar. I think he was number two. At the end of the day... If you know what you have, he's he's a solid 40-point performer, 50, 60 points in an 82-game schedule. You know, I don't know if this is a great trade for Buffalo, but if you're trying to switch things up, if you're trying to move on, if you're trying to just get new faces in there, give new guys opportunities, maybe give Dylan Cousins some more ice time, you're going to get rid of Eichel. Why not just get rid of Ike, or um, Reinhardt? Like, you're not going to win. So get a first-rounder for him. It's tough because he's only 25. He's still got a lot of hockey left in him, but, you know, he, he has been good. But, again, 
if you're a losing team who's consistently in last place, do you want to keep your best player? Do you want to keep the guy who's, you know, gosh, he's been really good, but we came in last place again for seven straight years? Maybe get him out of there. Maybe bring someone else in who can maybe mix it up a little bit and maybe have a different result. But it's tough. He's a good player. I think Florida's going to be happy with him. I think Buffalo maybe didn't get as much as they should have. But when other GMs smell a carcass, a bloody carcass, they're going to go in and they're going to take advantage of you. And that's what Buffalo is at this point. They know they're desperate. They know they're trying to sell off everybody. And you're not going to get a good deal when you don't have any leverage at all. So, now, first rounder, Florida's going to have a good year. It again, it'll be a 20 to 25 range. Is that enough return for Reinhardt? I don't think so, but what are you going to do, Tim? It's the, it's the price you pay when you're trading everybody when you're just in that situation. Well, it'll be interesting what they get for Eichel. That'll be the ticket. They need to get some prospects who are game ready, who can play for Eichel. But I don't know if the Rangers are going to give anybody up. I bet they're going to trade for Eichel probably in the next hour, right after we're done recording. Probably. It'll be great. And That's they'll give works. up Lafreniere and Kako for Eichel. All right. Uh, we had a couple of major signings, too. A lot of the minor ones. But uh, Taylor Hall officially signed in Boston. Six six years. Um, no, four years at $6 million per. Kale McCarr re-signed in Colorado. Six years at $9 million per. Less than Seth Jones, by the way. Uh, Heiskanen. Eight years, $8.4 million average annual value. Less than Seth Jones, by the yeah, way. Yeah. Um, such a good player. I love him. And then here's the big one. Not the big one, but the interesting one. Barkley Gaudreau. Six years in New York Rangers, $3.6 million average annual value. That's a lot of money. Those are four contracts. One of them is atrocious. One of them is a just a Wade Redden type deal if you're a New York Rangers fan. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Goody, is a, he's a friend of the show. He is obviously a two-time Stanley Cup winner. That's a lot of money for a Barkley Goodrell, for a guy who's going to be a third or fourth liner. That's a lot of money. Especially if you're a New York Rangers. Maybe this is why they had to get rid of Buchnevich. Because they, they tie up all this money in Bart. <sighs> that's, that's, yeah, that's a good point. That's a lot of money. I mean, what is Buchnevich going to make? Four or something? Like, you use most of that on, on Gaudreau? I'm, Chris Drury is putting his imprint on this team. I don't like it. I'm not a huge fan of it. But, you know, good for Goody. They offered him the contract. They said, here you go. And he, he's not going to say no to that. But, my goodness. It's a lot of money, which is bad. It's a lot of term, which is bad. Six years. I mean, good for him. Six years. That's a lot of. That's a lot of years. Like I could see if they give him that for three years, maybe. You know, okay, it's a lot of money, but it's not on the books for a long time, and it's a weirdly structured contract where they almost can't get rid of it at the end of his term. It's just, it's a bad deal for the Rangers. Goodrose agent masterful job like it's a really smart agent whoever whoever drew drew that up all the other deals i'm happy for i think the teams did well i think the players did well taylor hall four years six million i think that's a win-win for both both player and team kale mccarr six years nine i think that'll age well for the colorado avalanche and then the dallas stars eight years 8.4 the heiskin's good he's a really good defenseman moves the puck solid defensively love all those deals except for good draw you know but you gotta you gotta applaud the player he got his money Teams put a premium on winning Stanley Cups. So if you're on a team that wins a Stanley Cup, you're guaranteed to get a 10 to 20% boost in your salary the next year. It's just how it goes. We were texting about it too because he was traded for a first-round pick two years ago. And like, what if that trade never happened, right? Well, even teams, when they made that trade, like, why are they giving up a first-rounder for this guy? Like, it's not worth right. it. And he could just as easily still be in, in, in San Jose, not playing in the playoffs at all, probably making way less than this. 850 grand. <laughs> Without a doubt, if he stays in San Jose 
and Tampa Bay gets some other guy to fill that role because there's a hundred other players who are just like Barclay Goodrow. A hundred other guys. If they call another team and offer a first rounder, they make that trade. Goody's still in San Jose playing on the third and fourth line, making eight hundred fifty thousand. It's just that's a fact. But he goes to Tampa Bay. He plays well with his line mates. Yanni Gord and Blake Coleman are really good players. They're very, very good. Yeah. Goodrow slides right in there. He compliments them nicely. They have two good years, and now he's making $3.6 million for six years. They're saying Blake Coleman's going to make at least five. Well, if this guy, if Goody signed him for 3.6, you got to give Coleman five. Coleman's better than Goody. So it's it's amazing. It's amazing, especially in a salary cap era where everyone's like pinching pennies. Rangers are just like, ugh. Rangers in Chicago, original six teams. What's happening with you? Honestly, what's happening with you guys? The other cool thing over the weekend, real quick, is just how many like family connections were made through trades in the draft. So you mentioned already Seth Jones and Caleb Jones, both now in Chicago. Colton Dock, also in Chicago, was drafted in the second round. Kirby Dock's younger brother. That's really cool. Taylor McCarr, Kale's younger brother, drafted by Colorado. And then Josh Doan, drafted Shane Doan's son, obviously, drafted by Arizona. Like, that's pretty cool. Nepotism is alive and well. <laughs> yeah. It really is. You got to know somebody to get something done around these uh, these parts. Good for, good for everybody. I predict mm, none of those players will make an impact. Prediction. Yeah, probably fair, fair yeah. guess. But Seth, Seth Jones. Seth will make a negative impact <laughs> on Chicago. But like uh, Colton Doc, maybe. Taylor McCarr, no. Josh like Doan, seventh round, maybe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Doan and Doc, potentially. But yeah, it's nice. It's it's a good story. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Yeah. That's it. Do your super fan contest. Yeah, so the super fan thing. So we we posted about this over the weekend. So basically, we know we have a lot of fans that... A lot of fans. That love the show, listen Millions. to the show, and we want to recognize them. So we're going to have a little contest to see what the biggest fan of the show is. Um, and we want to hear from you and why that's you. So if that sounds like you... Submit a video to drop a contact at droppingthegloves.com. Let us know why you're the funniest fan and the best fan, the biggest listener. You will get points for creativity and making us laugh. And the winner's going to get some signed merch, gear, whatever. We'll put a nice package together for you. So for more information, check it out on social media at dropping underscore gloves and let us know why you're the biggest fan of the show. Yeah, Tim loves putting his package together. Um, it'll be fun. We'll, we'll put together a montage. It'll be a good time. So let us know. I'm excited to see what kind of uh, response we get. Tim. We've got some already. We've got some packages yeah, already. I'll show you after. Oh, are you going to show me that package? <laughs> yeah, I'll show you the package. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So a couple more big dates coming up today. We got the final day to submit qualifying offers to RFAs. I don't think we're going to see any qualifying offers, which is upsetting. It's always nice to see a good qualifying offer. Mix it up. Get the GMs fighting with each other. Especially if it's a nice package. Oh, it's beautiful. Because GMs, they'll throw their biggest package at players. And the players usually pick the biggest package. It's just how it goes. It's nature. Whoever has the biggest package usually gets the deal. All right. On Wednesday, it's the end of free agency. Very exciting. All beginning this, of free agency. The beginning of free agency. Excuse me. My mind's on the big packages. I can't, <laughs> I can't transition. It's hard to. It's the beginning of free agency. Very exciting. Who's going to go? Where, where's Landis Scott going to go? Uh, so apparently things are opening back up with him in Colorado. There's no way he goes back to Colorado. I think there's already been too much harm done. This deal should have been done a year ago if he was going to go back to Colorado. If he goes back there... It's just like, what do we, like, Landis Scott has all the leverage right now. All the leverage in the world. He's like, I'm just going to wait it out till Wednesday. And then I'm going to see, I'm going to get all this money thrown at me. He's a good young player. He's a stud. He plays the game the right way. He's a good leader. The players love him. I, I think he's going to be 
scratching eight million, seven, eight million dollars a year. I think that's a good range for him. We'll see that ends, ends up. But yeah, it'll be fun to break down all the signings. We'll chirp the GMs who just make terrible deals. We'll sign the G, applaud the GMs. You know, give out the decent side packages to the players. It'll be fun. So, anyways, keep an eye out for that. Anything else, Tim? Uh, no, no. That's it. This is a lot. This is a long episode. Long episode. Big packages, long episodes. Very fun. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. We'll see you guys soon. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. Delivered by DoorDash.